Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there, welcome to a brand new Arseblog Arsecast, right here on Arseblog.com. It has been a week of contrast for Arsenal Football Club, not even a week, a few days, Wednesday to Sunday, or Sunday to Wednesday, whatever way you want to look at it. The differences between then and now, or then and the further back then, well, they couldn't be more marked. Sunday, pain and anguish. Wednesday, Joy and the opposite of anguish. Sunday, Arsenal fans wondering, where do we go from here? But more importantly, how do we get to where we're going from here when we figure out where it is we go from here? Wednesday, aha, we can see pretty much how we get to where we're going from here, but we don't quite know where it is we're going. But at least we know how we're going to get there. Kinda. Sunday, a team, a squad decimated by injury and suspension by lack of quality. Wednesday, we buy players with experience and quality and height and flair and experience and leadership and experience and age. Some of them are old enough to drive. It's fantastic. Sunday, eight goals against. Wednesday, clean sheet. So the differences between the two days really couldn't be more marked. And I think one day probably had a big effect on the other. I know we went to Old Trafford and got a pasting before with that 6-1 defeat. But I think in fairness, that was just a freak, a freaky day. Because you look at the Arsenal team that day, it had Seaman, uh, Perez, Vieira, Parler, Silvino, Wiltord, Henri... On the bench, we had Jumberg, Bergkamp, Canu. And sure, we had Grimondi and Stepanovs at centre-half, but come on, we should have been able to do more. So what happened that day was a freak, a good team, a little bit weakened, just having a bad day and United taking advantage. What happened on Sunday just gone was a mess entirely of our own making. The two fullbacks, Jenkinson... A little bit out of his depth, you have to say, but at least he gave it his all. When we're forced into a position where we have to play Armand Traore, well, you know, if I was a football manager and one of my players decided to go out onto the pitch chewing gum, I would say to him, why do you think it's okay to chew gum when you're playing football? You need to concentrate on the football, not masticating like a big old cow. Do you know who you look like? You look like the love child of Alex Ferguson and Sam Allardyce. 
You see them on the sidelines, chewing gum, madly, their jaws gyrating back and forth like a half-paralyzed, leprous stripper. Why do you think it's okay to represent Arsenal Football Club and go out and chew gum? Come here for a second, I would say, and then I would order the doctor to sew his mouth shut. And that would be the last time he would ever chew gum when he was playing for Arsenal Football Club. It might hamper his communication during the game, but it will clearly send a message to him and the rest of the squad that such on-pitch chomping is not acceptable. But we're moving away from the real issue, and it's not Armand Traore and his terrible chewing gum. It's basically the fact that we had the weakest squad out there that I can ever remember seeing under Arsene Wenger. The weakest squad, the weakest team. A team badly in need of direction and leadership, something to give it something new. And it was, it was almost inevitable what happened. United played well, but they didn't have to play that well. And I was genuinely fearful for a while that they might get double figures. I mean, we didn't help ourselves. Some of the players out there are capable or should be capable of playing better than they did. Our central defensive pairing, well, that didn't work at all. Got a feel for a goalkeeper like Chesney who, who's got the passion. I mean, did you see him after one of the goals? Was it the nanny goal? And he kicked the post as hard as he could. That's the kind of thing that gets your toe broken and your goalkeeper, your good goalkeeper, out for six or eight weeks. These are the other consequences of that. 8-2, a Premier League game, 8-2. You don't see it at Sunday league level that often. And for an Arsenal team to concede eight goals in one game against Manchester United, well, is pretty shocking. Embarrassing, really. For the football club. And I think perhaps it was a bit of a wake-up call. To the manager. Maybe not to the manager. But to the men at the top. That something had to be done. And then since. They went in the transfer market. And bought the Korean guy Park. Mertesacker. Good signing. Andre Santos. I don't know too much about him. But we needed a left back. And we've got one. Two central midfielders. Of the creative ilk in... uh, Yossi Ben-Ayoun, a player I've never really had that much time for, but the Mug Smasher always said was a good, good player, and he watched him more than I did, so I'll take his word on that. And Mikel Arteta, who I've always liked. I think he's a really good player and a very good signing. Not exactly a Cesc replacement, but then how do you do that? So it wasn't necessarily the amazing transfer window that everyone wanted, and certainly you can ask a lot of questions about how the deals were done and when they were done. But the most important thing is that they were done and that we've got a chance to turn things around a little bit. Deadline day was kind of interesting and kind of fun. Arteta was on, off, on, off, it's on, it's on. And then it was actually on. A bit reminiscent of Arshavin. And I think that was the signing that tied everything together and uh, an important signing too. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the red and white. So the mood has changed. Because after Old Trafford, it was very bad. And now it's, well, it's not so bad. It's better. And uh, while you could say that's not difficult to make it better, at least it is better. And we can look forward with a little bit of confidence and hope uh, to what's coming. Joining me now in a few moments' time to talk about uh, all the bits and pieces that have gone on, including Old Trafford and the transfer dealings and where we go from here, 
will be a good player and the man from East Lower. They'll be along now shortly. Right now, here's Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe, and here's me 30-second roundup. Old Trafford, 8-2, that's it, that's the final straw. Fenger's got to go now, absolutely he's out. Bring in Fred Richcard and your man America, Silent Stan, enough for that dope. Bring in fucking Gary Kasparov, that's the fella. He might be a big fat ugly cunt, but he'll spend some fucking money, tell you how much he'll spend the money. They've taken the piss out of us for fucking far too long now. Yay, new players! We'll have more from Internet Joe on next week's Arscast, and hopefully he won't have to react to anything like the 8-2 again, because the idea of somebody having a prolapsed rectum out their mouth, well, I don't really want to think about it too much. Still to come, we'll be talking to the greatest striker that ever lived. Now, though, we have to go back in time a bit. Not too far. Sunday is where we'll begin with my guests who will pour over the events of this rather eventful week for Arsenal Football Club. Uh, first up, good player from goodplayer.com. Hello. And the man from East Lower. Hello. Let us start, man from East Lower, if we might, and take you back to last Sunday, Old Trafford, Manchester United 8, Arsenal 2. I realise, and I think we all realise, that things haven't gone quite as smoothly as they might have done this summer, but uh, it's very difficult to find any good sporting explanation uh, for that kind of a result at this level of football. Uh, it really is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it's, it's, it, it was an extraordinary defeat, really. Um, quite amazing. It's, 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 sometimes, it's very hard to work out exactly what went wrong, but, uh, but once you start looking at it a bit closer, you know, it's it's a combination of of many things. Very weak, very weak first team, very weak bench, and um, just a shambolic uh, sort of setup. You know, for, for the game, they just carried on attacking when it was clear that they were going to get nothing from it. And um, yeah, it's just a mess from beginning to end. Good play. It was one of the criticisms that, uh, you know, aside from the paucity of options that we had, one of the criticisms was the managers approach to the game or or seeming uh, lack of approach in in the way that you know we took off Coquelin who who was playing as a defensive midfielder and from that point conceded five goals and the, the lack of tactical direction that the team had was an issue was that something that concerned you yes I think it was but I I think more than that was you just saw how these players just had lost a hell of a lot of belief over the summer they, they'd seen you know player after player who was qualified to play for the first team leave and and one come in and mm. and they looked around them and you know you'd have to be mad to think well this is a good situation i just think i think they'd they'd lost a hell of a lot of belief um and, and i'm not talking about the kind of last season belief where you lose to birmingham and then the whole world collapses and it's like well Come on, what's going on here? I think I think it's a belief of well, well where is this club going? And, and quite understandably, and that and that kind of just that that's something you have. I think we've all had it when we play football of just being able to pull yourselves together. And I just think Wenger's what had happened over the last few weeks has just ripped ripped so much out of them in a way, and we were just incredibly vulnerable. And and it, I suppose it's worth saying as well to a small extent that we were up against a team who were, who were pinging them in from all angles and, and that, that should be noted as well but but it, I mean it, you know you watched it and there, there genuinely was part of me that actually thought this isn't the worst thing in the world because you know there's no hiding now 
Mm. You know, there's no, there's absolutely no hiding now from from this. No one can pretend that this is satisfactory, and we can't just we can't just fiddle around on transfer deadline day and not do not really do anything. We can. The Udinese thing was great, but in a way, it kind of masked you know the, the fact that there were serious issues this summer. Mm. Do you think it was something of a, a watershed moment? I mean, we know that Arsene Wenger. Uh, when you look at the teams that he's managed down through the years and the players that he's had at his disposal, you know, the team that was out there uh, against Manchester United, you know, it's very difficult to tally that with what's come before, that he can't himself have looked at that group of players that he had available to him. And I know there's a, a couple of injuries and a couple of suspensions, but even still, he couldn't possibly have looked at that as a team that could go to Old Trafford and get something from the game. Look, you know, Sesk, Nasri, uh, Clichy, even Abue, even Danielson, and, and Bentner, because Bentner wasn't involved really either, I don't think. Um, you know, those six down, and we brought in one player who was suspended, you know, as it happened. Mm. Yeah, you just, of course not. I mean, you're, you, you can't argue the mass that we were massively weaker than last season when, when we struggled as it was. And, you know, it was an astonishingly weak squad that we went into this season with. And, you know, players like... Nasri against you know against Liverpool, you had Nasri playing his last game, Frimpong next to him playing his first game. I mean, it was an absolute, you know, catastrophe. It was such a mess, and I, you know, you would have thought the season started next week, mm. not not three weeks ago. That's what I just find astonishing. Frankly. All right. Well, we'll come back to that in a, in a little while. Um, man from East Lower, would you go along with the sentiment that, in a way, it was a, a good thing that it happened? That if if we could call it a rock bottom moment, maybe. We could call it that. We don't know what lies ahead, but it looks like we've improved. Do you think, you know, what happened subsequently to that, the 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 business that we did before the transfer deadline, uh, was affected in any great way by what happened at Old Trafford, or were these signings that were necessary anyway? Well, that's a very good question. I'm not sure we'll ever know because then I don't think they'd ever admit that. Um, oh, yeah, we weren't going to sign anyone, but then we decided, because that would just make them look, um, you know, really, really rank amateur. So uh, it, it appears to be that, um, uh, that that it was a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. But, you know, I, I'd hate to think it was, because if you if you consider the implications of that, and it's really worrying, isn't it, that, mm. um, that A, on the one hand, he thought, well, maybe, maybe this squad is good enough. Uh, you know, I haven't yet to meet a single person who, who thought it was or who thinks it was. Um, and then just the kind of last minute um, nature of the whole thing. It, it's really odd. It, it's very, it's very hard to get to the bottom of. I think mm. it Let- got him. What it did, I think, was it got it got Wenger to see what we all saw, or Wenger, whoever the club, whatever you want to call it, to see what we all saw in a way. You know, and they couldn't hide behind anything anymore. And so from that point of view, you know, it, they only did what we all wanted them to do you know <laughs> at the very least you know which is it, so it's not like they went and shocked us all with all these crazy bizarre stuff you know it was, it was literally pretty much what we'd all been calling for mm. for most of the summer it was i mean the transfer deadline day i mean the wheels were put in motion with the korean striker and uh, then we had Mertesacker, uh, santos uh, and on deadline day uh, arteta and ben Ayun, which um clearly are two signings that are going to try and uh, add some creative juice to the team because without Fabregas and without Nasri, uh, not Nasri so much in terms of, of creation, but certainly without Fabregas, you can't replace him with one player because n- no one player can do what, what he did. But certainly when you look at what we've had out there and, and try as uh, he might, Thomas Rosicki is a shadow of the player he probably should have been. Um, 
those two signings, uh, we'll start with those. Are you happy with those, man from East Lower? Uh, yeah, yes, in, in as much as we needed two bodies, and um, they're both experienced, they're both creative players. Um, so, yeah, given, given the nature of how we seem to have gone around our business, you know, last minute, then, um, then you can't really complain with those two. Arteta in particular, you know, I find an exciting signing. And Benny Yoon, I've always had a bit of a thing about him. I've never quite rated him personally, but I think, I think it's probably a subjective thing rather than an objective thing. So, yeah, I think uh, g- given the, sort of the, the late timing of it all, those, uh, you know, that does make our midfield a lot stronger. There's no denying that. Good player? Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, you know, people talk about the marquee signing, and yeah, we could maybe we could have splurged, you know, twenty million on Hazard or Envia, but uh, let's be honest here, these guys are French kids who most of us don't know a lot about, you know, and and with no Premier League experience, so you know, it's it's very difficult. The idea that the idea that we could have gone out and bought Michael Carrick, for example, or something, not really going to happen, is it? No. So so you know, in the circumstances, you bought a guy who's 29, who's played for a club that's routinely in the top seven, and, and does that without having the financial resources of some of the clubs who kind of finished just above them and it, you know has bucket loads of Premier League experience and the same goes for Benny Yoon and it's worth remembering that only a year ago Chelsea bought him off Liverpool you know um, you know that was a year ago when he was 30 and okay it raised a few eyebrows at the time but they, I don't think Chelsea were totally insane in what they were doing mm-hmm. and so you know I, what's to complain you know we weren't you weren't going to get Gareth Barry you know fine they're not English but I, for me that doesn't matter I think Premier League experience does matter um, and yeah, I mean, you know, you've you've got a, and players like Arteta. We saw with Ashley Young on Sunday. Ashley Young at Villa was a, a fairly decent player. You put him in a man new shirt and it's to Rooney and that lot. And you know, it can it can raise a player. And and hope and Arteta's a good player, but hopefully the same will happen with him. We've become so unaccustomed to any guy who we've actually seen play before then going on to play for Arsenal that mm. we we forget that can happen. We, you know, we've and, got Sylvester syndrome, I think. <laughs> yes, there, there was. I tried to block that out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at what came in at the back then. Uh, Mertesacker, twenty-six years of age, six foot six, hugely experienced German international. Uh, the one question people uh, have about him is his pace or lack of pace. Apparently, uh, I think that's not uh, a big, big problem when it comes to centre halves. To be honest, uh, if you've got experience and you can uh, read the game well. And a, a fullback. Obviously, we had to do something about the left back position. As highly rated as Kieran Gibbs is, he's injured quite a lot. Armand Traore. Well, I don't. You know, I have. I don't have the swear words at hand to to uh, to say what I think about him after what happened on on Sunday. A man from East Lower. The the defensive side of things was something that we needed to be done all summer. Um, what do you think about that business? Yeah, I think uh, both necessary. Murtasaka is going to be a good signing I'm I'm pretty sure of that Um, I'm not worried about the pace so much like you you know when Sol came back for his second spell he played really well and he was you know as slow as a cart horse by then Um, (laughs) and so I'm not too worried about that if you've got sort of a a mobile defence around you then and you're kind of set up properly then I'm not not so worried about that whether whether um, we will be set up properly at the back well you know that's another I think that's almost another issue there you know they, they sort of said that they worked on set pieces all summer but uh, I think that's probably a bit gone out the window in the last couple of days. So, um, but yeah, Santos at left back. I think Gibbs could make it, but um, you know he's, he's clearly not not there just yet. So both good signings, as far as I can as far as I can tell at this stage. And what it does is provide competition within the squad as well, doesn't it? That- 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, I think, was it you that made the point good play in your blog that if, if Gibbs is going to make it, he's going to have to get past this guy. He's going to have to compete with Santos. If, if uh, Juru is going to make the step up, uh, or Koscielny to play regularly, he's going to have to get past this German international. And what the other interesting thing for me as well was that we, we do have this, uh, as much as people criticize the youth side of things, we do have this uh, core, I suppose, of young British players who could go on to play for the club for, for many, many years, but it looked like uh, they were without guidance or without anyone to educate them. And the, the profile of the players that we brought in really does uh, readdress the balance within the squad. Oh, it undoubtedly readdresses the balance within the squad. It looks far healthier now. Five guys who are age 25 plus. You know, that we haven't had that many players come in here age 25 plus. It's, it's taken about six years previously for that many 25 plus year olds to come in. And I just think on Mertesacker, I mean, this guy is 26. He's played 79 times for Germany. I actually went back and counted how many times Germany had played since he made his debut in October 2004, and it's something like 89 times. So that tells you he's played in basically every single game. Now, if we had an England international who'd done that, you know, we'd be doing cartwheels. The only difference here is he's German. And so, unlike England, Germany actually kind of gets to the very latter stages of tournaments. <laughs> you know, and this guy's been in two... two semi-finals and one final out of his three tournaments and I mean what what is not to like you know I mean this is a I have to say I'm excited by this and it's and I think it's great that if Jory and Koscielny are going to make it they're going to have to elbow someone out the way to get there mm. and and that's that's how it should be you don't kill you know this idea of killing killing like killing Danielson you know <laughs> <laughs> careful now I know there's an obvious but, joke <laughs> um, but yeah it, it was such a farcical idea if you're good enough you fight your way to the top and you're not incubated in some kind of little pond while everyone else in the real world is in a big lake fighting it out you know and and it's, it seems that finally that has been acknowledged and that you know, a bit late in the day, but at least he's got there. And uh, any thoughts on the uh, the South Korean guy? I mean, he's ahead of Shamak, surely, in the pecking order already. I think it's a bit of a worry up front. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, I think up front, I'm slightly concerned about goals because he. I'm sure he's good, but he's going to take time to settle and he's not got an incredible goal-scoring record. And, you know, Shamak at the moment, you know, um, doesn't look like he's going to score for quite a long time. Um, so we are very reliant on, on Robin Van Persie, obviously. Yeah, I was just going to say that by all accounts, he's got a very strong work ethic. Um, um, and, you know, Bentner, that was one of the areas some would say he lacked in a bit. And, and Schumach seems to be all over the place at the moment. So, you know, uh, I think um, 
it's it's great to have someone with a bit of energy up the front. But we 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 just need to see him play first, don't we? Mm. I, I would still have some vague concerns that we might be a bit light in the striker department uh, for a long season, but uh, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Man from East Lower, where are we now then after the transfer window is closed and? Uh, given the fact that August, from from the league point of view, was pretty much, it went as badly as you know it possibly could have gone. If we had fears, they were well founded, and we were we were kind of found out. But looking ahead, how do you view the squad in terms of its potential? Um, I think it's unrealistic completely to talk about uh, winning the title. But is this squad now strong enough to compete for a top four place? Uh, well. Yeah, I, I think um, the, uh, the main thing for me is you look back at, well, the, like you say, this season started pretty much as badly as it could have from a league point of view. And it ended about as badly as it could have from a league point of view. It's been about, you know, it feels like about 20 matches now where something hasn't been right. Wenger just hasn't been able to bring them out of the gutter and for more than just a kind of a game. Um, and, and that, for me, is the biggest challenge is how do you get them playing consistently well again because it just doesn't seem you know it's been missing something's been it's been missing so from you know bringing these new guys in is is definitely a step in the right direction and uh and it, there's no doubt there's a, a a buzz around the place and that that can only help so um can we challenge for a top four place well you'd think so but um you know we just have to wait and see how it all pans out in the next month because we have been playing generally if you look at the broad picture pretty badly for a long time mm, good play i mean it is it is true that if you look back towards last season as well, I don't think you can just uh, uh, take this season in isolation because, um, you know, it's a sequence and it's one that we're on. Uh, from a league point of view, we, we've been pretty bad. Sometimes, though, it takes something to, to turn it around. Maybe this influx of players, maybe this uh, signifies that, you know, there's more expected from the players that are there. Uh, and these guys will come in and improve us and, and help us kickstart. I think so. I think one thing I think he has managed to do this summer is to take out some of the trash, um, to put it crudely. Um, and I think there was an, there were attitude issues last season, and I think some of the players uh, who were perhaps culpable of that have now left the club. Maybe not all of them, but a few have. I think I'd include. Sami Nasri in the second half of the season um, mm. among those with all, you know, to be perfectly frank um, and so the hope is that these five guys who have come in have all, are all guys who have actually made it who have made it you know, as professional properly as professional footballers um, and the hope is that you know, the, the, the attitude will be there and there are players at the club with a good attitude you know, who, who give it their all the Marlon Van Persie Wilshire etc it's, you know, it's fairly obvious Sanya who they are and the hope is that the balance is tipping and that you know because it I mean it, it's unbelievable when, when you're having you're sitting there going you know our problem is we're not trying hard enough I mean <laughs> you know it's one thing lacking ability but, but you know even Wenger admitted you know at times towards the end of last season that the you know whatever he called it the focus the effort blah 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 wasn't there and that's a major thing. I think in terms of can we get finish in the top four, I think we can. I'm not saying we will. I think we can because um, I don't think our squad is massively weaker than the one that finished in the top four last season. And I think you, I think at centre-back, it's stronger because mm. we haven't sold anyone and we've bought in this this kind of you know beast if you like uh hopefully and um and and so yeah you, you know we wait and see the point is now that there is hope 
there is hope, there is a buzz. Um, and you know, you saw Jack Wilshere on Twitter, and I, I know it sounds silly, but actually, sometimes you need, you just need that buzz. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And we've we've been so kind of so utilitarian for so long in the way that we've just kind of, you know, ne- never kind of just actually throw the final million pounds at it. You know, just everything has just been so kind of grey the way yeah, we've conducted yeah. ourselves. And you know, maybe now the shackles have come off a bit, and we can. You know, start getting back to what we want to do. Okay. Well, while we have a bit of hope from the from the football side of things, and I think, you know, certainly uh, in the space of five days, I've never known a mood turn around as quickly um, because it was quite quite murderous uh, after after Old Trafford, obviously, and everyone was very upset and depressed. Um, and here we are, and we've got more hope, and we're we're, we're thankful of uh, players that have come in. We have to look, I suppose, um, beyond the manager, though the man from East Lore, um, the club itself. It would be fair to say, haven't really covered themselves in any kind of glory uh, this summer when it comes to our transfer dealings to the players coming in, certainly to the players going out. We've done well in one regard, not so well in another, in, in terms of the money we got for Sesk and for Samir Nasri. But it's been, it seems to have been a bit directionless, rudderless in a way. And um, from things I'm hearing uh, behind the scenes, not everything is well, and, and it needs a bit more uh, direction, a bit more leadership. Um, your thoughts on that and the continued silence of our, of our esteemed owner, Mr. Kroenke? I don't think the club has, <laughs> has uh, had a great... Um from a PR point of view, it's been great this summer at all. I totally agree with you. Uh, we've heard next to nothing, and uh, it seems to have just floated on. Uh, so you've got you do have to, under those circumstances, ask what 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 is going on at the top. And um, it's all very well being your Mister Silent. Uh, you know, if you if you like to shun the media, you know that's that's his lookout. But sometimes you just need to um, give out a few positive messages and, and sort of you know come at the fans with a bit a bit more of an explanation of what's going on and we haven't really had any of that so that's why you kind of end up with all of these conspiracy theories and what's going on behind the scenes and you know there may be something going on behind the scenes but we don't know anything because we're not told anything good player what's what's your thoughts on uh, a club like arsenal in need of investment going through a transfer window uh, making 40 million pounds 50 million pounds worth of profit this is coming after putting up ticket prices and prices in general and justifying those by saying, well, our costs are higher. But when you're making 50 million quid in a transfer window, it's a difficult sell, uh, that, to, to get fans on side. It's a very difficult sell. I mean, uh, you know, how much, how much does charging 40,000 people £100 extra roughly a year make? It makes you about four million quid which you know compared to 50 million quid is 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 not a lot of money um i think the pr has been terrible you know fine you don't have to be harry redknapp and pull down wind down your window twice a day and talk to sky news and tell them what's going on but at some point you do need to say a little bit of what's going on basically and uh, you know that's the same for you know almost every business in the world and this idea of you know Doing your stuff behind closed doors is all very well, but it mustn't it mustn't become an excuse for not doing your stuff either. Um, and I think, and I certainly think that the owner would be well advised to 
you know, just talk a little bit. Let, let people know what's going on, why it's going on. And they do need to. They even need to spend their money in January, which I don't think anyone will present at all. Or they need to explain why on earth season ticket prices went up and make sure they don't go up next season. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty black and white, frankly. I'm not particularly interested in the fact that, you know, the cost of steward's jackets have gone up and so they need to charge <laughs> us a bit more money. Don't care, really. You know, you know we're talking about huge sums of money they've made this summer admittedly they probably would have rather not made those sums in terms of Fabregas and Nasri but they have and they haven't spent it you know January is another time and hopefully they'll they'll spend some of it mm, I, I mean I think they always knew they were going to make that money as well so you know it, it's the sort of lack of plan I suppose or if there yeah. was a plan how badly it was it was executed before we go very quickly I'll ask both of you you know just again uh, man from East Lower are you are you encouraged now is there a sense that, you know, we get through this interlull and I think everyone kind of needs it just to back away from the mayhem a little bit uh, and we get, uh, get back on track against Swansea and the season kicks off from there? Yeah, of course. Of course I'm encouraged. Uh, you, you, have, you have to be encouraged when, when the club's brought five players in in, in two days. It's a, it's a really positive sign. It was needed. It signifies a bit of a change of tack, which I think has been needed. So... You know, if you carry on, if I was to carry on whinging about, oh well, we didn't go for the big ones or this and the other, then I'm just going to be whinging all season. So, no, I'm I'm much more positive. It's um, it's a step in the right direction, and and I think we can be a lot more competitive from now. Good player. Yeah, I'm much more positive. I think I think the uh, club would be naive to rest on their laurels, and I think they should publicly acknowledge that something went wrong this summer uh, and explain how it won't go wrong in future. Uh, summers and transfer windows but obviously much more positive because I just think the players themselves will be much more positive and will believe that actually maybe this club is going somewhere as opposed to just selling all its assets and making you know just not making the purchases to replace them it's a pretty simple fact I think everyone will be much more positive I think that gives us a better chance of, of doing what we want to do this season mm, and of course the stewards jackets are very nice and shiny and new so everyone's happy Quite. We better leave it there. Gentlemen, good player from goodplayer.com. Thank you. And the man from eastlower.co.uk. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thank you very much indeed to both of those gentlemen. You can find them on their blogs, as I just mentioned, on Twitter. You don't need to be a genius to work out what they are on Twitter. If you're stuck, go look at their blogs. They're also on Facebook and Tumblr and MySpace and Bebo. And if you're really super nice, they'll be pen pals with you. It's true. We'll be right back after this. It's the Mick Benner Show with me, Mick Benner. I'm deadly. Hello there, I'm Mick Benner. And I'm the greatest striker to ever lived. I'm better than all of them. I don't need to name them individually. As you might have noticed, I've left Arsenal. This is for the benefit of everyone. I mean, if you can't get a game ahead of the Moroccan Jeremy Elliott, yeah, you have to call time. But that's not to say my career is going in a bad direction. Absolutely not. All the best teams in Europe are after me this summer. It's true, they all. War, Akmalan, Real Madrid, Paris Saint Germain, Bormanik, St. Patrick's Athletic. But I have chosen instead to go to Sunderland, the greatest team in the Northeast for the greatest striker that ever lived. And I will score goal after goal after goal. And they will say, Oh, McBanner, we love you. I love you so much. I want to have your children. In fact, I love you so much. I want my 
children's children to have your children. That's how awesome you are. I want you to stay forever and ever. And I will have to say, no, I have a mission. I have work to do around Europe. For who am I to deny them the talents of me, Mick The greatest striker to ever live. It's the Mick Banner Show with me, Mick Banner. I'm deadly. So this is the point where normally we would look ahead to the game this weekend to see who we've got available, who's injured, who's suspended, who we're playing, etc., etc. But, of course, there is no game this weekend because we are slap-bang in the middle of an interlull. And normally I'm not such a fan of the interlull, as you know. But, given everything that's gone on, the entire summer, it's been fairly intense, you would have to say. It's sort of built into this crescendo. We got the money shot on Wednesday with all these signings. But everything that's come before, no pun intended, uh, in terms of transfers and uh, just everything that's gone on this summer. Players coming in and out, and the, the drama and the waiting and the frustration, everything else. I think this is a well-timed interlull. It gives everyone a chance to step back and just take stock a bit. Look at where we are. I don't know what that is. 17th in the table? I don't know. One point from our first three games? Not so good. But we've got 35 games left uh, to make things better. We've got five brand new players to make things better. We've got some players who are not here anymore to not make things worse. So this interlull, I think, gives everyone a chance just to chill out a bit. Take stock... This time next week, we'll be looking ahead to a game against Swansea. So it's not too long to wait. And we'll see our five brand spanking new signings in action, I'm sure. Our squad will look better. Our team will look better. The bench will look better. And hopefully, we can get our first three points of the season on the board. So until then, I suggest drinks with ice in them. We invented the Morfito on transfer deadline day. So if anyone has any spare morphine, please send it uh, to 7 Dublin. I'll pick it up tomorrow. Morphine-based cocktails, I think, are the way forward. It'd be all Blade Runner-y, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be cool? Morphine-based cocktail bars. Seat turnover would be quite long, though, I'd say. People just passed out, but I could, I could dig that. Anyway, seeing as we're talking about morphine and cocktails, I think it could be time to go. So after a a mad week for the Arsenal, here we are, the far side of it. And this time next week, we'll be looking forward to football. And only football. And that's no bad thing. So until then, take it easy, have yourselves a great weekend, and talk to you on next week's Arscast. Until then, take it easy, cheers, bye-bye.
Every year, the RSPCA deals with cruelty you just can't imagine. Look at this fellow here, lost, alone, bedraggled, left out in the cold. It breaks my heart. We need you to do something about it. Remember, an Almunia is not just for four error-riddled seasons. It's for life. Please donate what you can to the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Almunias. Manuel says thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.